All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us on this fine Saturday afternoon in March. A couple things in the docket today, a couple follow-ups, a couple new points. It's just funny how all this stuff is coming together. All the critical thinkers are aligning in different areas of the world, different areas of expertise. It's pretty alarming when you start putting the pieces together and it makes a lot of sense. Three things I'm going to cover today. I'm going to get into the COVID vaccine stocks slash big pharma. We'll do a quick insurance company update on a topic we spoke about last week. And then we're going to finish up with the media's incessant need for a boogeyman. All right. First, we're going to start off with a quick note on Pfizer. So as you know or may not know, the Pfizer data is being released as ordered by the federal judge. So they got sued by a FOIA request. The FDA did. And they requested all the documents that the FDA used to approve the Pfizer vaccine. Okay, so they tried to fight this. They tried to push it out for 75 years, given some bullshit excuse like, well, we won't be able to redact all the 500,000 pages of, of data and all this bullshit. And the federal judge said, nope, release it, game a schedule. So we just got the most recent tranche of documents. And I would say the most alarming piece of that was there was eight pages of single space text of the side effects of the vaccine that was known and observed by Pfizer during the clinical trials. So that's eight pages. So when, when you see eight pages of just text, that was alarming. My first thought was, Jesus, how many words are on a page? So I went to the beautiful internet and there's about 500 words fit on a page with one inch margins in a 12 point font. Okay, so let's be conservative. Let's say that most side effects have three words in it, right? That's 166 side effects per page times eight pages. Carry the one. That's conservatively 1,333 side effects recorded by Pfizer during their clinical trials. I thought that was pretty amazing because from Jump Street, it was safe and effective. And from Jump Street, they've been lying to you because how the hell do they know it's safe? right? There's zero long-term data studies. So they started this whole thing with a lie telling you it was safe. They don't know it's fucking safe. They had some trials, but think about that. How long did it take for them to make the vaccine? You know, almost a year, eight, nine months, a year. So they started the whole thing with a lie that it was safe. And then as this information comes out, you know, it's right there in front of you. Eight pages of fucking side effects. Did your doctor tell you that? When you're like, geez, doc, I'm thinking about getting vaccinated. What can you tell me? You know, and they should have just went down the pros and cons and left it up to you. But of course, we skipped over that fucking step. So they would they tell you? What did everyone in the fucking world tell you? It's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Doctors, nurses, media, politicians, your fucking neighbor. Unbelievable. So stay tuned as more of this shit comes out. Hopefully people will wake the fuck up and put two and two together that they've been lying since day one about it being safe. Obviously, we know it's not effective. Oh, where you at? You know, and this might be the reason the Moderna stock is down 70%. 70% in the last few months. Actually, probably the last month. 70%. And you're like, well, Nick, why isn't Pfizer down that much? They're almost at all-time highs. Yeah, fair enough. Pfizer has other products. Moderna's a one-trick fucking pony. They're a vaccine company. Pfizer's got their fucking tentacles and everything. You ever wake up tired? 
Oh yeah, we got a drug for that. Boom, that's Pfizer. So stay tuned on that. And some more good news I heard that if they're able to prove fraud on Pfizer's behalf with either the clinical trial data or any of the bullshit they were feeding the FDA, there's a good chance in this legal precedent that they may be liable. So that would probably be the end of that company. So fingers crossed for some fucking karma comes their way because that would be outstanding. I mean, all the people that have already taken this shit and that are going to have problems the rest of life, they're already fucked. But before they go into autoimmune fucking issues for the rest of their life, they're able to see one of the major players go down in flames, right? And it's not surprising that the FDA is compromised and allowed this shit to happen, right? 50% of the FDA's funding comes from Big Pharma. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? And a great recent example of how the big institutions co-opt the watchdogs is, let's go back to the 2008 financial crisis. The ratings agencies that was supposed to rate all of the credit in the mortgage bonds and all that bullshit, they kept rubber stamping everything, AAA, AA, everything's safe, everything's good, because they were getting a piece. The only way they stay in business is to give a good rating for these fucking banks and these products. Otherwise, they would go down the street. So just another example of the ratings agency or whatever the oversight or regulatory board getting compromised by the big institutions and no one giving a shit about it. So the FDA is just the latest victim of that. And if you're still believing what they say to this day, you need to ask yourself... If 50% of their funding comes from the people they're supposed to be regulating, whose best interest do they have in mind? Yours? They, they don't, they're never going to fucking meet you? You're never going to pay one of their fucking salaries? Well, a little bit, because half of it's taxpayer funded. But you don't have a choice of paying taxes. Big Pharma has a choice whether they fucking give them money or not. So just, you know, just think about that. Also, we wanted to touch today on an update on the life insurance policy. So... Briefly in a previous episode, I mentioned the anecdotal evidence of life insurance companies seeing a huge spike in group policy loss claims. Okay, so these are group policies where businesses buy them for their company. They have, you know, health, dental, life insurance, all this shit. But there's anecdotal evidence, and now it's been confirmed that these insurance companies are seeing wild increases in death. And this is non-COVID death, okay? These are all working people with policies. These aren't fucking people being isolated, going in and into a depression state, doing a bunch of fentanyl and fucking dying because of the lockdowns and because of the shit we've been put through the past two and a half years. These are group policies of young and old working individuals. All the insurance companies are having their Q4 2021 reporting you know, they have to go over with the stockholders. They have to give all this information to the FCC. You know, there's a lot of steps that these companies have to go through because they're public on releasing this data. There's the fucking conference calls with everybody and all this jazz. So I just wanted to follow up and give you some more real numbers from real insurance companies. So then you can maybe ask some real fucking questions on what's going on. So this is the percent increase. So what they did is they looked at a baseline of 2019 and then they compared it to the Q4 of 2021. So they took a, a quarter in 2019, compared it to a quarter in 2021, 
and this is the increase of corporate group policies, loss ratios with death claims. You have Unum Insurance is up 36%. Lincoln National, 57%. Prudential, 41%. Green Insurance Group of America, 21%. Hartford Life, 32%. MetLife, 24%. And finally, Principal Financial Group, 37%. And this is just U.S. data. Okay, so... Ask yourself why life insurance companies are noticing a death claim loss ratio for group policies up anywhere from 24% to a high of 57%. That is in fucking sane. And this isn't COVID deaths, okay? This is just young, working, older, working individuals dropping fucking dead. And that was just the U.S. data. And there's another good example of Argonne Insurance. That's a Dutch company. They saw a 258% rise in claims in Q4. That was a 56% increase, much like the other ones. That is fucking insane. And then on their conference call for their shareholders and everyone, they're saying they've raised expectations for 2022, the death expectations. They're expecting an additional 200 to 300,000 deaths in the U.S., not COVID, just fucking dropping dead. So they're betting on more death. They're prepping their shareholders for more death in 2022. Now, why are they doing that? COVID's over, right? If you've already forgot, I mean, I know it just ended five minutes ago, but why are there going to be more deaths in 2022? What are they preparing for? Food for thought. And you can expect some raises in life insurance premiums. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're vaccinated, you might not be eligible for life insurance at some point. If, the, if these trends keep up, insurance companies are on the front lines of paying out claims and knowing the math that works. They will not lie to you like the network news. They will not lie to you like a politician. They will not lie to you like any fucking member of the medical community or anything else. They're responsible to their shareholders and all they do is deal in percentages of money in and money out. They have the smartest people in the world working on those numbers. And what those numbers are telling you is a lot more people are fucking dying and it's not related to COVID. So do the math. Uh, next topic I wanted to cover today was kind of this growing concern that a lot of people are starting to have and we touched on it in the fun thought exercise podcast we did a while back but just the just the coordinated effort around the globe to go in a certain direction right so i just wanted to kind of peel back into the layer of that onions after the financial crisis of 2008 it just feels like there was a global decision to increase the money supply in unison every country had the same economic response to the great financial crisis, right? Print money, stimulate the economy, and just enter this unsustainable debt-based financial system. It was just weird, right? And that kind of just ties into this whole global unified government response to COVID, you know, the 99.9% .9 survival rate virus. It just, it never sat right with me, right? It's too unified. It's too similar across all the governments to be anything other than coordinated. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, but isn't it weird that not like one country had a different approach? I mean, there were countries that did it differently. You just didn't hear about them. Like India solved their 
COVID problem with ivermectin, but you didn't hear about that. But for the most part, the US, the UK, fucking Europe, China, and most countries had the same fucking response. Shut down, lock down, vaccinate, fucking see you later. And that's just weird, right? Like, why did they do that? And where my brain goes, and I think a lot of people's brains are going is, you know, what if the government knew that the current trajectory that the world was on was unsustainable, right? Every country had the same economic response to COVID. Every country had the same economic response to the great financial crisis. You know, every country will choose a, a collapse over an honest default on their debt. You know, then they can all just say, well, shit, we didn't see that coming. Just like they did in 2008. That's a once in a lifetime, once in a hundred year flood is, was one of the fucking things, you know? So it's like strength in numbers. If everyone does the wrong thing and it blows up, then there's no one going, hey, why didn't you do what they did? Or something to that effect. We didn't see this coming. And the people that did see it coming, well, they were probably fucking censored and marginalized and you never fucking heard of them. Lastly, I wanted to go over the mainstream media in their incessant need for there always to be a boogeyman to scare the shit out of everyone. Now, I watched this interesting video where this lady is just saying, hey, wake the fuck up. COVID just ended and we just rolled right into Russia, Ukraine. That was five minutes ago. So the whole point of her video was a great one. It's like, you need to be vigilant and understand what's going on and just don't get swept up into the next news story and lose sight of what happened. My biggest problems with a lot of things is I have a good memory. I remember what you told me. So then when that doesn't happen, I remember. I am not swept up in the news cycle and then so much happens that 24 hours later, I don't remember what you said. And I don't know if that's a benefit from not watching the news or what, but you know, that's my cross to bear, good memory. But Jesus Christ, you know, have you ever noticed that there's always a boogeyman that just the media is obsessing over? You know, let's just look back at the last seven years because there's, there's three of them in the last seven years. First was Russiagate, you know, an all-out assault on Russia with no evidence to help explain why Hillary lost to Trump. All their accusations have proved false, and now most of the people responsible for the fake stories of collusion and bank fraud have been traced back to Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, the DNC. More people connected with Hillary have been indicted for Russiagate than anyone from the Trump campaign or administration. And that's extra shocking, right? Because it's Joe Biden's Department of Justice that's carrying out these investigations and indictments. So you can't even blame the Republicans for that one. Then we roll right into COVID, right? Right after that, two and a half years of the media scaring the shit out of everyone. Death trackers on the fucking running scroll in the bottom of the news. Case trackers, vaccination trackers. It was like that cheesy CNN hurricane coverage. But like for two and a half years, you know, the guy out pretending that the wind's going to blow him over, trying to sensationalize a fucking storm. It was like that for two and a half years. Don't pay attention to the policies that don't make any sense. Fucking COVID's a killer. Get vaccinated. You know, don't pay attention to that. Don't pay attention to the economic decisions being made that don't make any fucking sense. You know, don't pay any attention to big farmers making billions of dollars. Don't pay any attention to the abandonment of all the safety systems that have been in place for 50 years. Nuremberg Code, Helsinki Accords, informed consent, no medical coercion, my body, my choice. Nah, fuck it. It's crazy. People are dying. You gotta put that shit in fucking hold. Don't pay any attention to the illegal mandates that don't make any fucking sense. Don't pay any attention to the devastating effects of lockdowns, 
isolation, missed medical screenings, physicals, all the death that that's going to cause. I don't know. No, man. COVID, COVID, COVID. We got variants. We got variants. And now it roll right into Russia, Ukraine. Like, holy fuck. It's like they showed up Monday morning and be like, okay, COVID's over. We're going to switch right to Russia, Ukraine. Russia, 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 Russia. Putin's an evil, diabolical madman. So now we're right back on the same fucking carousel. Don't pay any attention to the U.S. and NATO's pushing Russia to the brink. Don't pay any attention to the U.S. sending billions of dollars of aid and arms to Ukraine. Russia, 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 Russia. You know, don't pay any attention to the $5 gas that you now have to buy. Russia, Russia, Russia. Don't pay any attention to the mistreatment of every fucking Russian around the world because they blame them for their president's perceived actions. Russia, Russia, Russia. Don't pay any attention to the U.S. helping overthrow the Ukrainian government in 2013-14 and helping to elect an anti-Russian government. No, don't pay attention to that. Remember, Russia, 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 Putin, Putin, Putin. It's time to wake up. Get off this carousel of doom. Stop being scared to death by the topic du jour. And just ask yourself, is this my government acting in the public's best interest? Or are they acting in a way that suggests that they know this is unsustainable? And they just need to always have a reason so when it, so if it blows up, they can blame Russia. They can blame whatever. Our recent history tells us the government will never admit when they're wrong. Or they've made a mistake. Russiagate. COVID. Russia. Ukraine. Afghanistan. Libya. Iraq. Times two. How many examples do you need of them not doing the fucking right thing? And why do you give them the benefit of the doubt? They have not earned it. <laughs>